Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. We've got a daily double of episodes coming your way this morning, guys. We've got a college basketball Friday night preview on this episode. And then stay tuned a little bit later. We're going to be previewing the late slate of college football uh, on the second episode. So for this one, if you've never played DFS college basketball, got you know a few tips from talking about the pricing. Um, and then we're going to break down the eight-game slate later. Going to be previewing the college football late slate. So if you missed our preview of the college football early slate, make sure you check that out on Wednesday. Our week 10 preview of the NFL season went out yesterday. Uh, We've got all sports covered here on Mike's Money Picks. Remember, if you want more information, stats, facts, nuggets, ask me, start, sit questions, whatever, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. And then also, if you are interested in my full DFS lineups, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, y'all. It's college basketball season again. We've got a game on an aircraft carrier tonight. Let's start talking some college basketball. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So before we start breaking down the slate itself, I do want to talk a little bit about DraftKings pricing. So this is a very strange method of pricing for DraftKings here at the start of the season. There are more players over $10,000 than I think I have ever seen. There's three on this slate that are over $10,000. There were multiple on the Thursday slate and Wednesday slate that were over $10,000. Last year, Oscar Shibway of Kentucky had like one of the best fantasy basketball seasons ever in college, and I don't know if he was ever over ten grand. So what they've done, it seems, is they've taken away kind of the bell curve of pricing, and they've just kind of priced guys like, I don't know, it's almost you know, like an exponential model in a way by fantasy points, like the top, top guys are priced much higher than they were, but like the bottom dollar guys are about the same as where they were. So the slope is kind of changing as opposed to, you know, kind of the bell curvian model that they've been using where a lot of guys lumped around the average salary. So what that means for us is this DraftKings is basically telling us, Hey, we know that we're going to misprice some lower end guys. And we know that you guys are going to find those guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to make the top guys even higher so that way it's harder for you to build your lineup even with all the value plays that you're going to find. Now, kind of adding to that is the fact that I don't think there's a whole lot of guys in the 3K range on DraftKings that are a whole lot valuable tonight. On the Monday slate and even throughout the week, when teams were playing their first game, I thought there was a lot of guys in the 3,000s that were very valuable and easy value picks. Looking at tonight... Pretty much every team's played their first game, and they seem to have adjusted the salaries fairly well. So I think there's a whole lot of value in the 4K and the 5K range, but not a whole lot in the 3K range. So what's going to end up happening when you build your lineup is you're going to have to have a lot of these 4K and 5K guys and maybe one guy at the very top or maybe two guys kind of in the 8K range, but you're going to have to get creative with how you fill your lineup because if you want to pay a premium for the top guys, it's going to cost you somewhere else. Now, one other thing that kind of annoyed me about DraftKings is they haven't updated their game logs yet, meaning that if you look at somebody's game log, it's going to have what they did last season, possibly even for another team. So what I did was I did the hard work of going and looking at box scores of the 16 teams that are playing tonight and trying to figure out where there is current value, trying to figure out what guys did on night one. So I did a lot of the work so that way you guys don't have to pretty much. So enough talking about DraftKings pricing. Let's hop into the first game. So the marquee game tonight, 
is the Michigan State versus Gonzaga game that is happening on an aircraft carrier in San Diego, and the over-under is 147.5. Now, me personally, I think this is a great spot to bet an under. Um, Playing on an aircraft carrier is different. Playing outdoors is going to be different for a lot of these guys. It's different lines of sight, you know, a little bit different air pressure, and so shooting is going to be a little bit tougher. And, you know, last few times they've done this, there's been kind of some condensation on the court because, you know, they're literally playing in a bay or in the ocean. Not, I don't think they're in the ocean, but I think they're like literally in a bay where there is water coming on to the, not onto, but water underneath and around this aircraft carrier. And so when you look at the previous games that have been played on aircraft carriers, in 2011, there was a game that was 67 to 55 that had North Carolina and Michigan State in it. And then in 2012, there was two canceled games that were supposed to be on aircraft carriers and because of the condensation that got on the court. So it wouldn't shock me if this game actually ended up getting canceled. But the good news is it's the first game on the slate, so you'll have time to you know swap your guys out before the slate locks at 6.30. Now, the other game in 2012 was 62-49. to 49. Now, Syracuse was playing in that game, so take that with a grain of salt. But like I said, I think this is a great spot to bet an under. I think that 147.5 is awfully optimistic for a game being played outdoors. Now, let's break down the individual teams. So for Michigan State, Joey Hauser led them in usage in the first game. He had 18 and 10, good for 31 fantasy points. Their starting point guard is A.J. Hogard. I think he's a good value on DraftKings. He only played 16 minutes in the first game. He had nine points and eight assists. Eight assists in college basketball is kind of crazy, y'all. They do not, you know, inflate assist numbers like they do in the NBA. It's got to be like a real pass into a shot or into a layup. For their bigs. They're going to have to get big minutes out of their big guys tonight because they are up against Gonzaga's Drew Timmy. More on him in a second. For their three bigs, they kind of played all three of them, and all three of them ended up with fairly similar stat lines. Hall had five and seven in 34 minutes. Kohler had six and nine in 16 minutes. And Sissoko had four and six in 19 minutes. So between those three, Kohler would probably be the guy I would prefer. I think he's the guy that's going to have to step up tonight and play big minutes. So that is who I would eye if I'm playing a Michigan State big. For Gonzaga, honestly, Drew Timmy is like the king of the slate. He's one of the most top-priced guys. He's going to be showing up in all projection models. He's a dominant big man, which there is not many of in college basketball. And I don't think Michigan State has the bigs to contain him. It's going to be a good night for Drew Timmy. Playing on that aircraft carrier, if it's going to be harder for shooters, it's going to be easier for big men to get rebounds, and it's going to be easier to feed it into the post and get success that way. I also think Anton Watson for Gonzaga is real interesting in how he fills the stat sheet in a variety of ways. He's a guy that's definitely playable at his price tag tonight. And then a guy that I really like for Gonzaga is Nolan Hickman. He led the team in assists game one, and he is their distributor. Now that Andrew Nemhard is, gar- is gone, he's kind of filling in for that little point guard role. So I think Hickman is a guy that I'm definitely putting into my lineups. I like Timmy a lot. Timmy might start off some of my lineups tonight. And then I think that, honestly, all the Gonzaga guys not named Drew Timmy are really accessible. There's nobody that I'm looking at and thinking that there's an unreasonable price tag there. All right, so that is the marquee game for tonight. Let's break down the other seven after a quick break. Next up is West Virginia at Pitt. Um, Currently an over-under of 138 in this game, which is one of the higher ones on the slate, believe it or not. So this might actually be a decent game to target. Um, Pitt, 
Jamarius Burton, I think, is a really interesting play. He had 10 points, 5 rebounds, and 7 assists in Game 1. And then Nellie Cummings had 8 points, 3 rebounds, and 7 assists in Game 1. I think that Nellie Cummings is probably the value play that I'm looking at for Pitt in this one. When we're looking at West Virginia, Emmett Matthews has the big price tag, and he's very solid, but he's probably not the most likely Mountaineer to fill into my lineups. Trey Mitchell, transfer from... UMass and then, you know, didn't work out at Texas last year. Highly publicized if you follow Texas. Um, He's only $4,600 on DraftKings, and he put up 20 fantasy points in 14 minutes in game one. If you're going to get like 1.5 points per minute in terms of fantasy production, that's the guy you want in your lineups. And I think he's a really good value. I think he's got a lot of upside because what's going to happen if he plays more than 14 minutes? Kedrian Johnson. I hope I'm saying that right. Kedrian. 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 I'm going to go with Kedrian. Kedrian Johnson is West Virginia's starting point guard, and he's only $4,300 on DraftKings. Anytime you can get a starting point guard for in the $4,000 range, that's a pretty good value, and I think Kedrian Johnson is probably a guy that I'm going to be putting into my lineups. Switch on over to a little big five battle. We got Villanova at Temple. Currently has an over-under of 135. For Villanova, everything revolves around Caleb Daniels. He led the team in points, rebounds, and assists in game one. And I kind of think that a lot of the other peripheral players on Villanova, they're a little bit overpriced because of how much Caleb Daniels dominated the usage and dominated the ball in game one. However, the one guy I do like is Chris Archidiakono. Yes, little brother of Ryan Archidiakono. He's only $4,300, and he played 29 minutes in game one. He is their starting point guard. He's not going to be a big scorer. But he is a distributor. He's a guy that's going to have the ball in his hands. And if he's going to be on the floor for 29 minutes, I like his chances to surpass that price tag of $4,300. For Temple, looking up and down their box score and their usage rates, the only guy that I liked as a value was Khalif Battle. So Khalif Battle played 38 minutes in the first game, which is kind of crazy. 38 minutes. That means he got two minutes of rest. And he had 23 fantasy points. And so, you know, it's not great in terms of a points per minutes production like we talked about with Trey Mitchell a little bit earlier. But hey, if you're going to play 38 minutes and you're going to beat a reasonable price tag on DraftKings, like that's worth something. If you're on the floor for that long, you're going to luck into some rebounds, some assists, or some steals. So I definitely think Khalif Battle is the, excuse me, Khalif Battle is the guy for Temple that is going to provide some value for them. Switching to the next game, we got Kansas State at Cal. So Kansas State and Cal has an over-under of 134. I think there is a lot of value to be had in this game. However, this is the lowest lowest over-under on the slate at 134, but I really like some of the values here, guys. For Kansas State, Desi Sills played 18 minutes and had 19 fantasy points on opening night. Again, like the Trey Mitchell thing, when we're getting over one fantasy point per minute, that's pretty solid because what's going to happen if he goes out and plays 30 minutes? Another guy that's a value is Ismael Masood. He's only 3,800, and he had 10 points and three rebounds in game one. Um, You know, not necessarily the biggest value in the world, but that's like the lowest price tag of a guy that I could find that was really usable tonight is Ismael Masood, $3,800 on DraftKings. Now, flipping on over to Cal. Cal had a rough night one. They lost a bye game to UC Davis, which, you know, you're a Pac-12 team. You're losing to somebody who's got a state and a name in their name. That's not good. Now, Cal's biggest value, in my opinion, is going to be Devin Askew. So Devin Askew transfer from Kentucky and then Texas. When he was at Texas last season, 
he came in and was high usage. Like he was the guy that came off the bench and dominated the ball. And he clearly wasn't happy about coming off the bench because he wanted to try to show everybody something that he could start and he could be, you know, that guy. And I don't think he ever was going to be that guy at Texas. He kind of is now at Cal. He is their high usage player. He was their leading scorer in that game to UC Davis. And he's only $4,700 on DraftKings. If you can get a guy who's a team's leading scorer for $4,700, that's an insane amount of value. And absolutely a guy that I'm going to be putting in my lineups tonight. Now, they do have an international big man, Lars Tymon. Thymon? I'm going to go with Tymon. Lars Tymon. He actually led them in total fantasy points game one because of his production, rebounding, and blocking shots. And he's only $5,900. So between Askew and Tymon, those two guys kind of lump up a lot of the usage of this Cal team, or at least they did against UC Davis. So I think they both provide a lot of value to get into lineups tonight. Next up, we got the Battle of South Carolina, Clemson at South Carolina. This game has an over-under of 137.5. And when you look at Clemson, they have a heavy concentration of minutes and production around their five starters. All five starters played over 27 minutes. Those five starters are Hunter, Shifeline, Tyson, Galloway, and Hemingway. To me, of those five, Shifeline is the best value. Um, just... You know, some of the other price tags seem a little bit inflated for the production that they actually had in game one. For South Carolina, they're in a similar scenario to Clemson, but I'll be honest, I think South Carolina's salaries are too high. Like, I just, I can't get behind any of them, but they do pretty much only play five guys a lot of minutes. So if you're looking at this game, if this game actually ends up going crazy and goes to overtime or ends up being much higher tempo than expected, you know, from that over under of 137.5, we know who's going to be getting the points. It's not a bad idea to stack this game because we know that they concentrate so many minutes in production around their 10 total starters. FSU at UCF has the second highest over under on the slate right behind the Gonzaga Michigan State game. And looking at this one, FSU is tough to figure out. So Leonard Hamilton is notorious for using a deep bench and an inconsistent rotation. So trying to play FSU guys in November is tough. Like we just don't know how many minutes, how much production these guys are going to get. When you look at their box score from night one, it was equally unpredictable. You had starters getting less minutes than bench players, bench players that were expected to get more minutes that didn't. It's just kind of a mess. I'm not really feeling any of FSU tonight. If you get there, I get it. Just not for me, not my cup of tea tonight. I think they're a little too unpredictable. For UCF, I'm very interested in Jalen Young. Now, UCF played a double overtime game on their first game. During their first, I guess in their first game. Yeah, in their first game. And I'm really interested in Jalen Young. He's $5,000 on DraftKings. He played 44 minutes in that game one. So coming from a guy who coaches, if you play a guy 44 minutes, you got faith in that guy to be on the floor. No matter what his production is, you got trust in him to have him on the floor for that dang long. And he only had eight points, six rebounds, and three assists. Good for about 18 fantasy points. But like, dude, he played 44 minutes and he's $5,000 on DraftKings. So I'm absolutely investing some in Jaywin Young of UCF tonight. Stanford at Wisconsin is the next one. So for Stanford... Few guys that I think are interesting. Michael Jones had 31 points on opening night. College basketball, we don't see a whole lot of guys that drop 30 or more points. Like, it's just not a thing. So, the fact that he had 31 on opening night, that's pretty big. Harrison Ingram is kind of their second option. 
He flirted with a triple-double and had seven, seven, and six. So I really like those two guys because of how they fill the stat sheet. What I don't like is their price. And I don't like that they're playing a tempo down game against a Wisconsin team that is going to take the air out of the ball and use the whole shot clock. And if they were playing a more up-tempo team, I could get behind them at their price tags. But I'm going to let their price tags fall down a little bit instead of playing them tonight. To me, the value for Stanford is their seven-footer international guy, Maxime Renaud. He's only $5,700 on DraftKings. For Wisconsin, hey, we talked about Wisconsin on the Monday podcast that we recorded last weekend. And I'm I'm not trying to toot my own horn horn here, but I was kind of right. Tanner Wall is that guy. Like He is going to be their new Ethan Happ, Frank Kaminsky-type big man that they just feed it to almost every possession. And he's going to have an insane amount of usage, and he's going to get a lot of points and rebounds. Now, what I think they did, though, is I think they overcorrected. I think his price is now too high, so I'm probably not going to get there on Tanner Wall. Same thing about Chucky Hepburn. Chucky Hepburn is their new high-usage guard, and I think they overcorrected his price just a little too much based off of what he did on night one. Now, one guy I do like that has some upside for Wisconsin is Steven Crowell. He's a seven-footer. He's only $5,800. We've got dueling seven-footers in this game with Raynaud and Crowell. So I think that you may look at a scenario where we find both of them on the floor a lot, or maybe even both of them not on the floor a whole lot at all, but I definitely like the upside of playing any guy in college basketball who's a seven-footer. Last game of the slate is Georgia at Wake. So before talking about this game, I will say that there are some teams in college basketball that I know better than others, and pretty much I am a Texas fan. My dad is a Dayton Flyers alum, so I watch a lot of Dayton games you know, with him and without him. And then I'm from North Carolina, so I watch a lot of the big four, Carolina, Duke, Wake, and NC State. So those are some teams that I know well. Wake is a team that I know well. And so I feel like I can give some pretty good analysis on this one. Side note, I was really disappointed they didn't put the SMU and Dayton game on here because there's actually a lot of value in some Dayton players right now. I'm going to be talking about them before the battle for Atlantis, though, because they're going to be a big factor in that battle for Atlantis over Thanksgiving weekend. So anyway, I feel like I know Wake pretty well. So this is some analysis that you can trust and, you know, you know it's coming from a good source. I've actually watched Wake Forest play a lot of games in the last two seasons. So the over-under in this one is 143. For Georgia, Justin Hill and Braylon Bridges are their value plays. For me, this is also an up-tempo game or a tempo-up game for Georgia. Wake generally plays at a faster tempo than they do. So this presents an opportunity that they're going to have more shot attempts, more rebounds, more assists to go around because they're playing a team that plays faster. For Wake Forest, they were very balanced on offense in game one. This was kind of to be expected. They lost Alondis Williams and Jake LaRavia. Alondis Williams was ACC Player of the Year. Jake LaRavia was a first-round NBA draft pick to Memphis. So if you're losing that type of talent, it's going to take a while to find it. There's a little bit of a vacuum for all the production. Davian Williamson, Cameron Hildreth, and Andrew Carr all scored 14 points opening night. I can get behind playing all of them. There is no active Demon Deacon that is over $5,800 on DraftKings. So honestly, I might fill a lineup with two or three of these weight guys tonight. I think they have a few other values other than those three. The other two starters are Bobby Clintman and Tyree Appleby. I think that they present value also. So I think the all five starting 
demon deacons tonight present you a little value. And it would not shock me if you saw a lineup that played three or four of them near the top because they're priced so low. I think DraftKings actually, it's not gross mispricing because they're all like just a few hundred dollars to a thousand dollars cheaper than where they should be. But I do think that there's some mispricing on these Wake Forest guys. And I think that's a situation we can take advantage of. All right, guys, that does it for this college basketball preview for Friday, November 11th. Got through all of the games, got through pretty much all the value plays that I'm looking at, and hopefully I was able to give you some names that might have been under the radar you might not have known much about and some guys that you can definitely put into your DFS lineups tonight. Hopefully DraftKings will get the game logs updated so that I don't have to go digging through box scores like I did this time, but I do think it was worth it. I do think we are able to find enough value plays that we can build our lineups safely. All right, so hope you guys enjoyed that. If you are interested in my full DFS lineups, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And then if you are interested in any more information, stats, facts, nuggets, start, sit decisions, lineup decisions, whatever, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. You know, this is kind of our little foray into college basketball. Um, I love playing daily fantasy college basketball. It's been one of my more profitable games because it's under-researched. People don't you know, do all the research and do all the optimizers and all the stuff that they do for NFL and NBA. And so you can take advantage of that market by playing DFS college basketball. So if you are somebody who plays DFS college basketball, make sure you check out the rest of the podcast feed and check out some other sports that I've been doing, like the college football episode Wednesday, like the NFL episode Thursday, and like the college football episode that is coming later today. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see y'all next time. Mm -hmm.